0: Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church podcast. We hope you are encouraged by the following message. Open up your Bibles this morning to James chapter 1. We're continuing our series in the book of James, Practical Christianity. We're going to dig into the Word of God this morning. Open up your phone um, or your iPad or whatever it is you use, or just your old school Bible, whatever you'd like to do this morning. We want to read verses 19 through to 27, and then we're going to just pull out two thoughts this morning out of the text that we read today. But let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your Word that is alive, it's living. It's sharper than two-edged sword. Lord, today it has the ability to divide between soul and spirit. Your word is power and life. As we read your word this morning and as we look at these texts, may you challenge us, may you encourage us, may you exhort us, may you build us today in the way that you choose to, through your word and by your word. And everybody said, Amen. So picking up from verse 19... Last weekend, we had Alex talking um, from 12 through to uh, 18. Suzanne kicked the series off with a powerful message. Any of these messages you'd like to catch up on, you can go to our iPod, um, iPod um, um, uh, pod, thanks very much, podcasts that are there. So I needed to get more sleep last night. Podcasts that are there to help you with that. But verse 19 says this, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man, why does it only say man? Huh. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. Verse 22. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror, For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Verse 25. But he looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. Verse 26. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself spotted from the world. Don't you love that this morning? And this morning I want to draw out of the Word of God two themes from these texts. Firstly, the first one the effects of unrighteous anger unrighteous anger. We're going to deal with the topic of anger. Some of us suffer from that. And secondly, what it means in James' vernacular to be doers of the word of God. But we want to start with the first opening statement that James highlights the importance of what he's about to say, because in verse 19, he says this, take note of this. Or another way we could say it, listen to what I'm about to say. He's highlighting or underscoring the importance of what he's about to say. Have you ever had your mother, mother or dad say, can we sit down and talk? Or your wife want to have a serious conversation with you? You know, straight away as they say those words, something's coming, you've got my attention, amen. This is what James is saying here. So he says in this verse of scripture, take note to this, everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak, and slow to anger, that we should think before we speak. We should choose our words very, very wisely. In fact, there's many, many verses that we find in the book of Proverbs that talk about the importance of being careful about what comes out of our mouth, the words that we speak. In fact, in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 27, it says this, a man of knowledge uses his words with restraint, and a man of understanding is even-tempered. Listen to that. A man of knowledge uses his words with restraint. Why is the scripture encouraging us about our words? Well, on Sunday nights, a couple of weeks ago, we started the series called My Words and My Future, and we looked at the power of our words. Everyone say, power. There is such power in the words that we speak. Wars are started over, um, wars are started over words. Marriages end over words. Children's lives are crushed and destroyed because of words. Our words have such life. And we looked on in our Sunday night series, and we looked at the Proverbs, uh, Proverbs chapter eighteen as well, that speaks to us about the power of our words because it says that life and death are in the power of our tongue. And those who love it or those who use it will eat of its fruit. There's such power in the words that we speak. And all too often, this is the thought this morning I want to relay, all too often it is uncontrolled anger at someone that leads us to speak too quickly and to say too much. We get angry with people and before you know it, we go blah over their lives. And how sad that is. So we want to come back to what James is saying. What is James saying about anger? this is what he's not saying he's never he's not saying never be angry or anger is always sin but he does say that we need to be slow to become angry implying that not all anger is wrong in fact we find that in scripture there is a time to be called angry but it's called righteous anger in fact we see a couple of examples of righteous anger and this is the anger that God, that, that, that God wants us to be, uh, I suppose, demonstrating. Not the anger of our soul, not the anger of our emotions, but righteous anger. And We see the first example of Jesus in John chapter 2, verse 15 to 17, where Jesus drove out all the money, changes, the traders, the sheep and the cattle from the temple courts, and overturned their tables because zeal for the Father's house had kindled righteous anger. He was mad at what he saw, but it was righteous anger was an anger of the soul, of the flesh. And then in the Old Testament, we see another example there. When Moses came down from the mountain and he saw the golden calf and the people dancing around and worshipping it, the Bible teaches us that Moses was angry. His anger burned towards the people for the way that they were acting. You see, righteous anger is motivated motivated by love and zeal. It's not motivated by uncontrolled temper or anger, but righteous love and zeal. You see the difference between the two this morning. Hopefully, you will. There is a, such a thing as righteous anger, but James says wrong and thoughtless and unrestrained temper. These are the things that often lead to rash, harmful, and irretrievable words or actions. In an instant, in anger, in an instant, in anger, we can crush someone's soul or spirit. Yeah. In an instant, when we just say something out of our emotions, out of we get fired. Any parents get fired up with their kids sometimes. You're all lying, you fibbers. <laughs> oh, you're, you're all saints then. Good on you. Well, I know that about you. But you know, that's where you just get angry and sometimes you just want to say something and you know it's not going to be helpful. But you know there's times where you've said it and you've so regretted saying it because you know what it's done to them. That's the anger that, that James is trying to encourage us not being involved in, not allowing ourselves to to speak a word out of anger that would crush someone. So James then, moving along in verse 20, James then teaches us what is wrong with our anger. And in verse 20, it says this, for man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. In fact, the contemporary English version says this, if you are angry, you cannot do any of the good things that God wants done. It's simply, I believe, not right, for a born-again believer with God's nature within them to have a temper out of control because our temper out of control hurts people. A temper out of control damages people, amen. It's all right to have an anger, as James says, a righteous anger that's filled with zeal and love for the kingdom of God and be moved by that anger, but it's totally inappropriate for born-again believers to have an anger within them that is out of control. Come on this morning. You might be here today and this word might be speaking to you about your anger. God's wanting to really challenge us about our anger through this thought. Anger hurts both ourselves and other people. A couple of examples out of the word of God. We know the story of Cain and Abel. Cain killed Abel in anger and then became a marked man because of that. He killed his brother out of anger and became a marked man. Moses struck the rock in anger instead of speaking to it and he forfeited the promised land. Astounding sword out of anger rather than speaking to the rock he struck the rock and he forfeited the promised land that God had for him wow the penalties and the damage of being angry and then in Matthew chapter 5 verse 22 we see that unrighteous anger brings the judgment of God So first little thought there, James teaches that what is wrong with our anger is the fruit that comes from our anger. So what does James teach as we move on to the next verse of Scripture, that what we should do to manage our anger, first little thought is this. This is what he says that we need to do. Get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word of God planted in you, which can save you. Get rid of, like discarding old clothes like taking things off, like just taking, taking it off and choosing, we choose to put it off ourselves. Paul uses a similar, similar language in Colossians chapter 3 verse 8 and says this in a similar sentence to what James is saying, but you now must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, filthy language from your lips, Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge and the creator of its image. Don't you love that thought there? Listen to it again. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other. Why? Because we've taken off the old self and now by faith we're choosing to put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge of its creator. Hallelujah. So James teaches us the first key to overcoming anger is to daily put off the old man, that sinful nature, and choose every day to put on the new man. If you see anger bubbling up within you for something that you see or that you're not happy about, I want to encourage you to stop right there, to pause right there, and ask yourself, where is this coming from? Is it coming out of the old man? Of course it is. And if it is, make the choice to stop in your day and say, God, I'm going to put off that old man, that old way of living, because today I'm a new man. I'm a new person in Christ. Hallelujah. Because our anger has the potential to really, really damage ourselves and other people as well. The second thing James says to do in this word here, as we move on, he says, humbly accept the word, Planted in you which can save you. Humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. And I want to note the attitude there for receiving this word is humility. We're not big in humility in our society communities today, I would not expect. Are we? Not at all. But the key here, James says, is that we humbly accept the word planted in us most of us here and may even know the word but do we humbly receive it do we do we submit to its authority in our lives do you submit to the the authority of the word of god in our lives amen great thought but that's how we humbly receive the word of god or do we bend to its demands and yield to its shaping work within us and as we move into the second part of the text here this morning James begins to describe what it looks like to humbly accept the word. We're going to draw as we nearly conclude. I'm just joking. I shouldn't say that. We're almost ready to conclude. But we draw four themes, four thoughts out of these next few verses about how do we humbly receive the word of God. Number one, the first thought is this. Number one, don't merely listen to the word of God. In verse 22, this is what James says. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says challenging thought james is not saying that it's wrong to read our bibles listen to sermons or study the word of scripture what james is opposing here is hearing the word of god that does not lead to doing he asserts that the word must be acted upon, expressed, and applied to our lives. Not only does this passage teach us not to merely listen to the word, it also teaches us about the consequences of just being a listener. And we move on to the second thought, and this is that don't become self deceived. Because James goes on. He says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself what an astonishing thought there if we just listen and don't act upon the word we are actually in danger of fooling ourselves think about these words here deceive yourselves what does deception mean what does it look like well some of the thoughts we've tricked ourselves that we're self-deluded that we're convinced of something that we're actually detached from Uh, from an an actual reality. And I want to give you a few examples of what that looks like according to the word of God. I want you to listen to it this morning because this is so important that we hear what the word of God says and we understand what it means to do. And the first example is this out of the scripture from uh, John chapter 13, verse 34. It says, Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. That's the word. Amen? That's the word. But doing the word... We take no time to foster selfish, authentic relationship with other believers. If we don't take time to do that, to build real relationships with others, then we deceive ourselves. Another example in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, he says, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Listen to the thought. This is deception. You don't get committed, activated, and become a vibrant part of the local church. We deceive ourselves. Oh, goodness gracious me. There would not be room enough in every local church in the whole of Shell Harbor. There would not be room enough for all the people today that were once followers of Christ and still, to some degree today, confess that they're, they're still, Christ is still their Lord and yet they don't love the church. Friends, I'm going to upset you. That's all right. They're deceived. You can't love Jesus and not love his church. His church will never be perfect. His church will never be perfect. But there there wouldn't be room in our local churches to fit all those people in because they're deceived. And James says, if we're not doing the word of God, we are deceiving ourselves. Astounding thought when you think about it. Astounding thought. Uh, Philippians chapter 4 verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will extol the Lord at all times, in Psalm 34. His praise will always be on my lips. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Woo! Woo! Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. We haven't even got time to talk about what it means to praise the Lord. But deception potentially can look like this. Yet we never express our gratitude to God in prayer. Or we stand detached, emotionless in worship times. We're deceiving ourselves. Deceiving ourselves. How do you praise the Lord like this? What is that? You know, so often on Sunday morning, I'm glad I'm sort of standing this way. Hallelujah. Sometimes I feel so sorry for the song leader and the other guys. And that might not be you this morning. I'm glad that it's not. But, you know, we're meant to rejoice when we come into the house of God. Amen. Hallelujah. That it's a privilege and a joy to come into God's house on a Sunday. Amen. And you might have had a terrible week. You might have had a really tough week. But I want to encourage you to gird yourself up and rejoice in the Lord because the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. You might be struggling internal. But as you make that, that choice of heart to say, God, whatever's happening, all is good with my soul all is good with my soul despite what's going on i will praise you i will exalt you But deception says well i don't have to i don't need to so why does merely being a listener deceive us because we live like knowledge is more important than application We think because we know the word, we think because we can recall the word that we are living in it. But listen to this thought this morning. You don't get anything out of what this bald, pointy-nosed preacher is saying this morning. Get this. But it's not how much of the word we know, it's how much we live. Come on. Listen to it again. It's not how much of the word we know, it's how much we live. Third thought is this. Number three. James teaches us to do what the Word says. Do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Rather than merely being listeners, rather than living in a self-initiated deceit, James explicitly and bluntly tells us what to do. Do what it says. Act on what you hear. Put it into practice. Live according to it. Obey its center for your whole life, applying the Word of God to every situation. Be doers of the Word of God. And James is simply reiterating the words of his Savior. We see in Jesus said in Luke chapter 11 verse 28, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Get it? Then in John chapter 13 verse 17, Now that you know these things, he said, you will be blessed if you just listen to them. I just deceived you all. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So James is just reiterating what Jesus was speaking uh, beforehand. Last little thought as we come to the end of this text this morning. Come to the last theme in this short passage. Number four, we must persevere at our doing. And we're going to come to a verse of scripture that many people have read and may not fully have understood. Hopefully we'll be able to unpack it a little bit. But in verse 23 and 25, James gives an analogy of what it means to only listen. And it says this here. It says, Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Then it goes on. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but by doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So what does that mean? Let's have a look at it this morning. Here we have two people, one who simply looks into the mirror and the other who looks into the word of God. Got it? So one man's looking in the mirror and the other man's looking in the word of God. In verse 23 and 25, the word looks means this, to look at with reflection or to consider. Both the man in the mirror and the man in the word were equally equally serious in their gaze, but it's what happens next that makes the difference. The man in the mirror, he goes away and immediately forgets, so the mirror is in itself without value. This is someone who may read their Bible every day or dutifully listen to the sermon on Sunday. You listening? (laughs) It's only because I've got the microphone. Even meaningfully contribute to a biblical discussion in a cell group, but they don't remember what they read, heard, or discussed. They have a casual commitment to the Word of God. It doesn't really take root in their heart. They see it, they look at it, but then they walk away and they totally forget it. They forget it. The Word doesn't take root in their heart. That's the first man. But listen to the differences. Of terminology here. If we could just have the keyboard um, player, please. That would be great. Can't say have the keyboard because we know the keyboard's up there, and I do that probably every week. Keyboard player. Amen. So the first man, he looks in the mirror, he looks with a bit of intent. He walks away, totally forgets what he's read, what he saw, what he's heard. But the man in the word, in verse 25, he looks intently. Everyone say intently. Intently. He looks intently. But he looks at the perfect law of liberty, continues in it, and not forgetful here, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. He looks intently. The word intently here means to bend over, in a sense to pour over, to be deliberate and serious, intention to look. It conveys the idea of looking intently and in eager to desire in an effort at which is partly concealed. In other words, this man doesn't just look at the word of God and walks away. No, he, he intently, he, he leans over. He delves into, he digs into what God said to Joshua about the word of God verse 7 of chapter 1 he said only be strong and courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you do not turn to it to the right hand or the left hand that you may prosper in whatever you may do verse 8 listen this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate in it night and day intently, pouring over the word of God. That's what he's saying. God's saying to Joshua, don't just look at it and go, wow, it's good, and then walk away and forget it. No, take the time to really meditate on the word of God, to really ask God, what are you saying? Because it goes on to say, A night and day that you may observe to do according to all that is written. And for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. This is the last little thought from James, what he says to us about the rewards of someone that intently bends over, digs into the word of God. The verse continues, but the man who intently, looks intently at this perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this. It says he will be blessed or she will be blessed in what they do. What did God say to Joshua about studying and and? intently looking at the word of God. Meditate on my word night and day and everything that you should do, there shall be success. James says exactly the same thing, but in a different era and a different time, but the same principle again that applies there as well. Doers of the word continue to look. It's not just a passing or casual glance. They continue to pour over the word. They not only hear the word, the law, but give it sustained attention. Not only then, but throughout their life, they pour over God's word for living, trying to fulfill it in word and thought and in deed. He or she will be blessed. As we pour over this perfect law, the kingdom prescribed way of living, as we live it out, we will know his freedom and we will know his blessing. And James says to us, don't be doers Don't be hearers of the word alone, but be doers of the word. James understood the power of obedience, amen? He understood the power of obeying. And I don't know for each of us this morning where you are in your commitment to God's word, but I just wonder this morning if if the Lord might be stirring in our hearts this morning for a renewed commitment to his word. James said we can be hearers of it all day long. You've heard the word this morning. But now's the time to be a doer. Amen? A doer of the word. This morning I would expect that possibly God might be challenging our hearts in relation to this. That that he's wanting us to not just merely to read it, but to apply it and to do it. Can we all stand to our feet this morning as we conclude in prayer together as a family? If I could just have the whole worship team, that would be great. Amen? Straight after the service this morning, the multifunction room is open. You go through the doors to the left, out the back there, there's some tea and coffee there. It's a great place for a bit of fellowship. Do encourage you to go there and connect with some people and some friendships and things like that as well. I just want us to pray this morning that all of us, every one of us, myself included, would be stirred in a renewed commitment to the word of God. Amen. Intently looking at pouring over because out of that everything that we do will prosper. Heavenly Father thank you this morning for the privilege of opening your word and just Lord as James has challenged us about the importance of being doers of the word we thank you that you are such an encouraging father such an encouraging saviour. We just pray this week as you encourage us to to dig deeper, to take the time, to slot some time, whether it be in the morning or whether it be at lunchtime or not, before we go to bed, Lord, whatever it may be, that we would delve in and intently look at your word. But also, Lord, if there are areas of our lives that we're not doing the word, then, Lord, we thank you. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You're here to encourage us, to lift us up, Lord. So, Lord, right now, we just surrender our life and our heart to you. We thank you for it, for all that you're going to do. Hallelujah.